Good morning. So glad to have you join us for this program of uh, Ask a Pastor. Uh, I'm Pastor Tim Burden, and uh, uh, we have a mission organization called Father Son Gospel Mission. And uh, so I have a strong missionary flavor. Back years ago, as I was a pastor for uh, quite a few years, a few decades actually, uh, I was also a missionary, and I served in missions overseas until uh, the Lord said to me one day, he said, instead of being a, a, a missionary with a pastor's heart, how about you go back to the States and be a pastor with a missionary heart? And so I've got a missionary heart, and I love to see uh, God uh, working in and through us. You see, the mission is what matters. So many times we get so focused, and, and as a pastor, this was part of my downfall, I got focused on being a pastor of a church and how many how many people we could get into the doors of the church and it was all about the church and it was focused in uh, but listen I, I've come to realize no 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 uh, the, the church is simply the strategy or the tool that God wants to use to carry out the mission the mission is what counts uh, of reaching people for Jesus Christ seeing God turn lives around and transform lives. Well, this morning, uh, I'm, I am delighted to have uh, a good friend and uh, uh, a person with me to interview uh, for you, to have him share his testimony. His name is Ben, and uh, I've known Ben for, I don't know, 12, 15 years or more, and uh, he's been a blessing in my life, uh, but there is a story to tell. And so uh, I want Ben to share with you this morning. This is, a, this is a testimony of redemption. This is a testimony of healing. Uh, and this is, this is about what God can do uh, in our lives. And so, Ben, welcome. Well, thanks for having me. Glad to have you. And uh, uh, share with us uh, how, how, does God, how does God bring about... Uh, glory in the midst of our brokenness in the midst of our the messes the messes that we all make uh and sometimes and i and you know what ben I, let me just tell you i think there's some people listening today who need to hear how that god can turn uh the messes that we make into something good mm -hmm. and uh, and i can see that in you uh in your face uh, today, even as we sit here in the studio. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I think people have a, I know I had this mentality for a really long time, but I, I think people think that when we blow it, especially if it's just a catastrophic failure, uh -huh. that God has to scrap what he had planned for you and go to a plan B. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know I felt that way. And, and God being outside of time, knowing what decisions we'll make before we were even born. That's right. The the direction he takes us even through our failures is always his plan A. Yeah. And that's a pretty exciting thing if you can embrace that. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's amazing, isn't it, how that God knows the end from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. He knows He knows all about these things, mm -hmm. and, and I love that. He doesn't scrap it. Right. He, you know, he placed gifts in us and abilities and... Uh, and things in us that he's not, he's not throwing those things away. Mm -hmm. He just needs to 
get a hold of him again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because we've yanked him out of his hand and ran the wrong direction. Yeah, right? yeah. We, we, it's funny because pride can be a really subtle thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even in what we think is our most broken state, there's, a, there's this elusive, sneaky part of pride where we think that our problems or our failures were, are too big for the cross. Oh, wow. And that's what the cross was for. Yeah. You know? And we think that, well, yeah, but I did this. But he, he didn't encounter anything as bad as what I've just done or what the decisions I've just made. And, and that's the redemptive power of, of Jesus on the cross is that, it, yeah, no, it's bigger than that. Yeah. It's bigger than anything you can do. And so we can have a tendency to even be arrogant in our brokenness when we think that he can't redeem that. Yeah. And can't redeem us in it. Yeah. You know? I, and I love that, you know, uh, because we, we all fall into that of, of not realizing uh, what the cross was about mm -hmm. and the power of the cross. Uh, that uh, we think, do we, do we really think, and I, I think you just hit it, uh, do we really think that our mess, our difficulties, our brokenness is uh, beyond the cross? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's not. Right. It's not at all. Mm. Yeah, I think we, I think we get overwhelmed with. I know I went through this for a few years. Is that you get overwhelmed with your own shame, to the point where you won't hear the whisper of His love anymore. Yeah. And you can't, you just can't hear that. You're just so overcome with beating yourself up mm -hmm. with what you've done, that He's already moved on and ready to heal and restore. Yeah. And now He's just waiting for you to be ready to do that too. Yeah. You know. Well, part of your story uh, involves you were incarcerated. Mm -hmm. You were in prison for 12 years. Yeah, 12 years. And uh, what, what was God doing? What was God doing in that time? What was God doing in your life? Uh, how did God use what we think sometimes is, oh my gosh, this is a terrible left turn. Mm -hmm. This thing went south really bad. Uh, I've been... I've been Put on the shelf, mm -hmm. uh, but God didn't do that. Did no, he? no, no, He didn't. No, that's that's really where the journey started, uh -huh. not where it ended. Yeah, I, for every man and one woman that might be listening to this, and or the family members who have incar incarcerated, you know, family members. Yeah, there's this tendency to think that life is over now, mm -hmm. and really, that's where God really likes to get His hands, roll His sleeves up, and get His hands in the clay. Mm -hmm. Is that's where the wilderness period really starts. That's the crucible that the Bible talks about. Yeah. Um, and I, I, one of the, the most profound scriptures that sticks out to me, and stuck out to me all through in being incarcerated was in Hosea 6, where it says that God has torn me to pieces that he might bind me back up. And that's a, that's a verse that isn't preached on that often. That's, that's scary. Yeah. Because nobody wants to go through the, he's going to tear me to pieces part. Mm -hmm. The binding back up part is exciting. But being torn to pieces, that's scary. And... But I, you have to go through a real shredding. You know what I mean? God has to, you have to die so that he can raise you back up. And, and we read about those passages in the gospel about Lazarus or about um, just the number of people that, that Jesus resurrected from the dead. But to really become his, you've got to die. And then you've got to let him raise you back up. And it's not a, it's not a I'm going to fix these parts in you. It's I've got to kill you. Yeah. and make you new, oh, wow. you know. And that, that's a scary thing when you're on the broken end of it. 
-hmm. But when you're on the redemptive part of it, looking back at it now, 12 years of incarceration were the best years ever happened to me. Wow. This is the best thing that ever happened to me. Okay, I want to hear more about that. Yeah. Uh, but let me just jump in real quick and just say, you know, as a, as a parent, as well as as a pastor at times, but mostly as a parent, uh, you know, there's times when I pray for my kids mm. and I say, uh, God, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can remember uh, the Lord saying, are you sure you really... Mm-hmm. And I and and I say, yeah, Lord, whatever it takes. Right. Uh, but that's a scary thing to to lay your child on the altar. Oh yeah. And and to say, God, uh, you've got to turn this thing around. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you've got to reach uh, where I can't mm-hmm. and do something. Yeah. Nobody wants it to come to that. No. You know. But 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 when it does, mm-hmm. it's the pivotal moment where you can choose. Okay, I'm gonna rebel against this. Mm-hmm. And become the worst person I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Where you—that's what you see happen in prisons most of the time. It produces wor- worse individuals that went in than even came out. Unfortunately. Really. Yes. But but then there's that rare number mm-hmm. that embrace the brokenness. Mm-hmm. And when you're at the bottom of the well, the only where you direction you can look is up. Mm-hmm. So eventually, they see the face of Jesus and the face of their deliverer and realize. This is the moment that everything can shift for me. Wow. This is the moment where he can turn my life around in a way that nothing else would. I wouldn't hear anything else mm-hmm. until I was shattered, you know. Yeah. And God did that for me. I know I know a number of men incarcerated still that he did that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it turns into a ministry field then. It turns into a mission field. It becomes yeah. a, a discipling for you and then a discipling for the people you encounter. And, yeah. and it ended up becoming one of the most, for me, it was one of the most profound ministry seasons of my life. Oh, my goodness. You know? Yeah. Uh, followed by signs, wonders, and miracles. Yeah. Uh, just a, a falling of the Holy Spirit in such a way that I... In prison. In prison. Watching men be healed from, from deafness, from blindness... Uh, paralytics getting out of wheelchairs, inmates. Yeah. Um, to the point where in the one prison that I was incarcerated at for a number of years, it got so, the power of God fell so heavily and healings became so rampant that the staff of the prisons, the staff members and the guards were calling for us to pray for them. So the inmates are praying for guards and guards are weeping as they're coming to know Jesus and we're praying for staff members and the staff members are weeping as they're being healed and we watch one staff member with hives suddenly be healed within minutes yeah. and just shocked by what had happened. And, and this is coming through the hands of broken, broken vessels, just yeah. bro, you know, broken men. Yeah. You know, wow. It sounds like the book of Acts. Yeah, it, it felt like it. It really did. Well, okay, yeah. tell, tell us more about uh, this, uh, that, that the brokenness there and what God was doing mm-hmm. uh, during that time period. Because uh, most of us think, you know, maybe that, okay, that's, it's, it's a dark time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what you're describing is, is that's missions. Yeah. Uh, what you're describing is the light invaded the darkness mm-hmm. and the darkness didn't understand it couldn't comprehend it and couldn't put it out right i mean don't get me wrong there's there's many people that that come in and visit visit prisons from the outside and come sure. in and but some of them have the mentality that they're bringing jesus with them 
and it doesn't occur to them that he might already be there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's, now you're talking. That he's already, he's already ministering to the hearts of men and women yeah. incarcerated sometimes, and it doesn't take an outside person to come in and do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, watched, we watched Jesus do things that I've never seen wor- working in ministry before yeah. being incarcerated. Yeah, I know. And falling from that, never seeing him move like that. Uh-huh. And, and not even really understanding what that looked like. Mm-hmm. And I remember the Holy Spirit falling on, on me for the first time mm-hmm. so heavily that I remember saying out loud as I was just falling apart, mm-hmm. you know, just weeping. Um, oh my gosh, he's really out there. Yeah. Oh it was my. just that, that realization that this isn't religion anymore. Mm-hmm. He's, a real, he's a real person. Are you telling me that he's really there? That this isn't a Christianity, isn't a mindset that I've adopted to just appear religious to people, to be a nice guy and try not to cuss and attend a church service on Sunday. You I mean that's not all Christianity is? And and realized, oh my gosh, he's really touching lives out there. Yeah. But there's people that that are being transformed. And I I I, I remember telling God when that happened, I'll give you the rest of my life mm-hmm. to understand that one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 so we we saw men delivered. Staff members, inmates, guards, healed um, in prison prison, of all things. To the point where we couldn't even, myself and a number of men around around us could could not get to all of them fast enough. It was just such a huge need. Because the one thing that that is the the rarest commodity in in institutions across the United States is hope. Mm -hmm. They just have have to have no hope. And I've seen men make a God out of their outdates, out of when they're released more than trusting Jesus to change them before that day comes. Mm-hmm. That all they got to do, if I can just make it to that day and get out of here, everything will be better. And not realizing, well, you'll be waiting for you on the other side of the gate on that day. If nothing's changed in your heart, the same issues remain. And, and the transformation that you entrust to Jesus to have happen in your heart, that only the Holy Spirit can do. Yeah can end up making those years the best of your life. And I know that's the case for me. Yeah, I remember when, because uh, I, I had contact with your family, mm-hmm. and, uh, and they would say, well, we're, we're praying for an early release, we're praying yeah. for this, and, and, uh, and then uh, I knew things were not happening, mm-hmm. or I, I, you know, the dates passed and that sort of thing, and I kept wondering, uh, wow, how, how's, he, how's he handling that? Mm-hmm. I had no idea that... that uh, uh, you know, when when you put it all on the altar with, for the Lord, with the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're trusting Him, and your faith is just climbing because mm-hmm. you're trusting Him. Well, you definitely there's definitely that, yeah. but don't get me wrong. There's also that element of I want to go home, mm-hmm. and I've been gone for years, and I want to go home. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I want to live a, a free man's life, and and I want to begin to make a. But but what what trumps that even more as Jesus gets a hold of your heart and you don't even have to be incarcerated to feel this way yeah. is then you then you begin to realize I want to do things that make him proud of me mm-hmm. and I want to leave a legacy that makes my family proud of me mm-hmm. you know I've left enough wreckage behind me mm-hmm. I want to leave something behind me that leaves a mark wow. that changes people's hearts and lives and they tell stories about it long after I'm gone and they're not they're not saying, oh my gosh, look what he did. Now they're saying, oh my gosh, look what Jesus did. Yeah. And people's hearts are forever changed. And, 
And that's all you really can, can grasp onto, yeah. is that hope. Ben, you know? you're talking to people right now. I think you are. I think you're talking to people right now that are listening and hearing this story. Uh, you know, I, and you know me, mm-hmm. I've done lots of mission trips, and I take teams different places, different countries. And, uh, but I tell them the same thing. I said, you know, be careful. You're not bringing something in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're going there to bring encouragement. Because mm-hmm. if people say, you know, well, okay, we're going on a mission trip. What are we going to do? Well, we're not going to paint a building. We're not going to put a roof on. We're right. not going to hang drywall. Well, what do we do? Well, we're going to bring hope. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to go there. We're going to find where Jesus is already working and we're going through. We're going to find that fire, and we're going to throw gasoline on it. That's yeah. all we're going to do. Yeah, your job is not bring Jesus into a, a location where he's apparently not there. Right. Your your job is to show up and point people to Jesus, who's already exactly. standing in the room. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's all the mission missions really is. Yeah. You know, that's exactly it's like right. the Holy Spirit's already here, guys. Yeah. Uh, I didn't bring him here. Yeah. You know. Actually, that's a that's a powerful missionary principle. Mm-hmm. Is wherever you go, there are deposits mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. There are deposits of the gospel already there. You need to find them. Yeah. You know, you don't need to create something. Mm-hmm. You need to find them and then uncover it and throw gasoline on it yeah. and encourage it and let the fire burn. Mm-hmm. And that that is that is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And. I never thought about that in terms of the prison. I've never thought about that in terms of, of some of those places where you think, okay, uh, well, I can't, you know, it's hard for me to even imagine. I've been, I've visited you, but mm-hmm. I've, not, I've not actually lived there, of mm-hmm. course. And, uh, but, but that hope, oh, that's exciting. Can you tell us more about, yeah, right, right. about those things? Well, it's, I mean, prison is dark. It's a dark place. There's no doubt about that. It's a violent place. It's scary. Uh-huh. Um, it's a it's a place where you just your brain switches into it go, you go from living to surviving. Now okay. I have to survive. Mm-hmm. But and it's funny because we have a tendency to think that Jesus doesn't like to isn't isn't in those places. Mm-hmm. But if you read the Gospels, that's all he. That's the places he hung out in the most. Yeah. He hung out with criminals and prostitutes and yeah. and you know what I mean. And it's like we think that he doesn't occupy those places and he loves those places yeah paul and silas in prison yeah and stocks and uh, inner inner cell and what were they doing at midnight worshiping <laughs> they were worshiping yeah, they absolutely. were singing praises to god mm-hmm. and and the earthquake took place and the other inmates mm-hmm. didn't move no no because there was something real in that prison you know if if, if they wanted they would have taken off but mm-hmm. No, no, no. There was something else that held him steady. Yeah. Uh, in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a humbling opportunity then when you realize that God's going to use you, mm-hmm. even after all you've done, fill in the blanks, whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, that He wants to use you anyway. That to Him, this is part of the plan. Yeah. You were going to make these choices, and then I'm going to do this with you. Right. You know what I mean? That that was part of the plan all along. And, and um, I, think, I think the biggest struggle for anyone, whether they're incarcerated or not, is they don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. 
there's just a, a complete lack of identity. I, 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 unfortunately, I hate to say this, and it probably upset a lot of people, but I think, I think the pews are packed with people who don't know who they are still, oh, wow. who have gone to church for 30, 40, 50 years, Preaching. and still don't understand who they belong to That's and right. who they are in the family of God. And because of that lack of identity, we make decisions that are totally out of character. Mm-hmm. I'll do things that, it's like, man, this isn't even me. Well, how do I know that? I don't know who I am. Yeah. So I'll just make whatever willy-nilly decision makes sense to me in the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, usually to my deficit, usually to my hurt and the hurt of the people around me. Yeah. And and uh, I think if if the message of identity could go out to men and women out there, mm-hmm. I think that would be the most profound, transformative message mm-hmm. that could be preached. Really, if I could preach the one message the rest of my life, it'd be that. Yeah. Identity, who you are. Wow. You know. That that is uh, that's amazing. That is that's so uh, key uh, to to this whole thing, and, and you know I I was just reading in First Thessalonians uh, chapter uh, two or three I think it said uh, Paul says you know the persecutions and the trials that we went through, and then he says and you all know that you are destined mm. for them, mm-hmm. and I thought whoa 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 wait back up. We were destined, yeah, because God knows what He wants to get to mm-hmm. uh, in our life, uh, and and I really think the enemy part, a major part of the scheme and the strategy of the enemy is to confuse us, so we don't know who we are. Mm-hmm. We don't know who we are. We don't know who we belong to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know. We don't know uh, how that God accepts us. Mm-hmm. Right, the way we are. Yeah. Now, he doesn't leave us that way, but he accepts us just the way we are. Absolutely. With all of our baggage, all of our brokenness, we just come to him. Mm. That was the number one strategy, the first strategy that Satan took against Jesus when he began his ministry. He went straight out into the wilderness, yeah. and Satan went right at him, yeah. tested him three times yeah. with that key line over and over again. If you really are the Son of God, that's right. Make, trying to make him question, are you sure yeah. you are who you think that's you are? Right. It wasn't bread in, in the stone, or stones no, in the bread. No, no. It was, if you If you are. really are him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he's never changed his strategy since. Yeah. Attacking the, the, the sons and daughters of God with, yeah, I don't think you really are who you think you are. Yeah. And we buy that lie. Right. And then make decisions accordingly. If Jesus needed to know what his true identity mm-hmm. was, uh, or at least be affirmed in it, uh, you and I need to know Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. We need to know that as mm-hmm. well. Hallelujah. Mm. Well, we need to wrap this up a little bit, but we got a few more moments. Where is this going? What what are you what are you thinking? Uh, what what have you learned that's going to be the message going forward? Is it that identity? Is there anything else that uh, God has taught you or is teaching you? Yeah, I think the other thing that that He really drilled into my heart, and I think it's something everyone can relate to, is there's always a battle in every one of us between what we think mm-hmm. versus what the Holy Spirit knows. Yeah. And we're always in this tug of war between, well, I, I'll make the best decisions for me mm-hmm. versus what he knows are the best decisions for me. Yeah. And, and in that tug of war, if we, if we can let go and let, and, and let God, as the cliche goes, uh-huh. um, you find out who you are. Yeah. You know, his, his decisions, if he's always good all the time, as the Bible clearly makes sure it puts out. That's right. He's clearly good all the time. Then that means every decision he has for me, even if it looks bad in the moment, is with my best intentions at heart. Yeah. 
He's looking out for me more than anything, more than I'm looking out for me. Yeah. And that's an exciting thing Absolutely. if you really think about it. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's like why, why doubt his character when he's got a track record to never fail? Yeah. But I've got a track record to always fail, <laughs> you know. But I keep trusting me, and I'm list, not listening to the one who never makes a mistake, That's who right. never breaks a promise. That's, That's right. uh, you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty clear when you put it that way. But we don't think of it that way a lot. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no. The uh, Romans twelve says, uh, "Don't conform any longer mm-hmm. to to this world, but be ye transformed." Uh, by the renewing of the mind. Right. Change the way you think. Yeah. Uh, and I use the phrase, get rid of that stinking thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, because we, we are, it's all over, it's all over the place. Yeah. And, uh, but we need to think God's thoughts after him. Jesus said, let it be done according to what you believe. Yeah. We always put that in the context of uh, signs, wonders, and miracles, but that applies to everything. Mm-hmm. What I believe about me is going to be what's true about me. Yeah. You know, and and we need to believe what God says, mm-hmm. you know, not what the world says, right. because the world is trying to shape us uh, from the outside in. I mm-hmm. mean, that's why there are prisons. That's right. why the world try and laws they try to change us from the outside in. Mm-hmm. But God's pattern pattern is different. God wants to change us from the inside out, mm-hmm. uh, change our heart first, mm-hmm. and then as he as the word gets into us, God begins to change the way we. Think and see things, perspective, uh, understanding and wisdom. Sure. Just it depends on what we invest our belief in, our faith in. I, I can I can fear by faith too. Yeah. I can I can de- be depressed by faith too. If I trust in that and invest myself in that and that choice, then that becomes my reality. Yeah. Jesus knew that. Yeah. And he, so he said, Let it be done according to what you believe. Hopefully you believe what I'm saying about you. Mm-hmm. But most of us from time to time, don't. Yeah. And that can be when we go wrong. It can be when we miss an opportunity. That can be when people can be saved by something we've done or said, and we miss that moment. Um, but that every time we grasp that moment, mm-hmm. it's the most fulfilling moments of your life. Yeah. It's the moments that you're like, oh my gosh, I know I made a difference somewhere there. You know? yeah. And those are the moments I think we all need to be looking for. Yeah. Well... You're you're different than than when I knew you a long time ago, and uh, who do you pray for? Do you pray mm. for some of the people that you knew? Yeah. Some of the people that you were incarcerated with. Do you pray for people because you were in Bible studies? You mm-hmm. did a lot. You led Bible studies. Yeah. And yeah. That sort of thing. Uh, and and God's still working. Mm-hmm. God's still working. You're not there anymore mm-hmm. in those in that prison, but. But God is still working, mm. and uh, and in you, as well as there. Yeah, yeah. I pray for those guys continuously. Yeah, there's still a lot of guys still in there. Yeah, and they need everybody's prayers. Yeah, you know. Amen. Well, Ben, thank you so much thank for sharing you. your testimony. I love to uh, hear it, and it thrilled my heart uh, this morning. Um, again, this is Pastor Tim Burden. Uh, the name of the program is Ask a Pastor. And uh, if you got questions, things you want to share, uh, you can contact the station here uh, or send me an email. Uh, that would work as well, tmburden9 at gmail.com. Uh, if you get that, 
but Father Son Gospel Mission is the name of our organization. And uh, let me, do we have time for a prayer? Let's, let's, uh, let's have a prayer together. Lord, thank you for this testimony. I know, Lord, you were speaking to people's hearts. Uh, I know, Lord, that you're at work uh, in ways that we can't see and that we never even thought of before. Uh, because your love is so great. Uh, it's, it's bigger than any building. It's bi- bigger than any denomination. It's bigger than any, uh, anything that this world could create and do. Uh, and Lord, I pray that your love uh, and your spirit, your word would just uh, continue to sink in and work on people's hearts that were listening today. Lord, draw them. with a powerful drawing of your spirit we pray in the name of Jesus hallelujah Amen. amen amen